everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Comic Source. I'm your host, Jace. This is another Spawn Daily episode. Still going back and backfilling some of the titles that uh, miniseries, one-shots, and whatnot that tie in uh, before issue 50 of Spawn. We did uh, actually record the issue 50 episode as well as issue 51 episode. Uh, issue 51 was interesting because it talked about the realm where the symbiote costumes uh, come to be. This mini series that I'm going to talk about in this episode, written by Alan Moore, uh, has to, a lot to do with the symbiote as well. Um, but it's going to be kind of a short episode because for being four issues, there's not a whole lot that happens. Uh, we do get some info about the costume, as I said. There's a villain that's sort of interesting, sort of two-dimensional. Honestly, I sort of expected more from an Alan Moore story. I don't even know if he shows back up at some point later in Spawn. So I guess we'll have to wait and see how that plays out. But in the meantime, let me talk about uh, the books. And as I said, um, going to be kind of short because even though it's four issues, yeah, it's... Uh, and it's Alan Moore, and he gets pretty expositional. There's not a whole heck of a lot to the story. It's certainly not sophisticated, but a cool cover, regardless, by Tony Daniel. You see the credits there. Story by Alan Moore. Art by Tony Daniel and Kevin Conrad. Letters by Tom Orzakowski. Colors by Todd Broker. So it starts off, we're on a rooftop in New York City, and um, basically this girl's talking about going vegetarian or vegan her boyfriend's kind of making fun of her and then he gets attacked and you see blood flying not exactly sure who's attacking him is he being ripped to pieces is his blood being drained like what exactly is going on here we're not 100 sure uh, but we do see that the attack carries on down into the uh, apartment building where a family is attacked as well and uh, then the scene shifts to us seeing just the costume. You can see how skinny and flat it looks in certain places. And if you're wondering, oh, is this actually Spawn? No, it's not. It's actually just the costume without Al Simmons in it. And we get some exposition over it. We're told that uh, this person narrating is named K7 Letha, daughter of the seventh house of, house of K. Uh, and we do know that this symbiote is what, whatever, you know, the string of K or, or whatever, you know, it's a, a K symbiote. So Letha is the name of the costume. And I don't know that that's ever been mentioned since maybe further along the line, it'll come into play, but yeah, it's basically the symbiote speaking in its own voice, which is interesting because it didn't necessarily know the symbiote could speak in, uh, in English terms. Um, but as Al wakes up in the alley, he sees a bunch of his homeless buddies there and they're kind of freaking out going, Al, what are you doing? You okay? The costume was freaking out. And he's like, ah, I don't know. I don't really remember. don't even know how long I was out. And the guys are saying, yeah, we were trying to wake you up, but we couldn't even get that close because the chains were going this way and that. And they're kind of worried about him. They're like, can, can we help you out? And he's like, no, leave me alone. Forget it. And they're like, wow, it's kind of a, being a, a jerk, you know? So uh, meanwhile, at the site of the first massacre, Sam and Twitch are there. They're taking a bunch of pictures, trying to figure out what's going on. 
and Twitch mentions that the New York Police Department is bringing an outside expert to try to get to the bottom of what's going on. Meanwhile, Spawn is trying to figure it out as well. He's, he's trying to speak and communicate to his costume, like, like literally speak to it. Like, what are you? Uh, I feel you against my skin and your chains. And I saw how you reacted in heaven. We saw that in the Angela miniseries. And he's just, he's just not sure. He's trying to get a handle on what exactly this, uh, the symbiote is and how it relates to him and whatnot. So the, uh, the buddies, his homeless buddies, even though he told them to, to leave him alone, they are still worried about him. And so they're kind of peeking at him over the uh, top of the building they hear him talking to himself and they're, yeah, they look, they look kind of worried. Meanwhile, at police headquarters, the uh, expert that they hired shows up. His name is John Sansker. Supposedly he has all this information and experience in dealing with monsters. He's some sort of monster hunter. And he does actually have a bunch of uh, pictures of spawn, which is, it kind of surprised me. It's like, wait, I thought Sam and Twitch were trying to get a hold of it spawn they're trying to investigate but didn't really have that many leads on him so where exactly these pictures come from especially a picture without the mask on at all with the shoelace there holding his face together is kind of interesting that he would have this and so uh he follows his normal playbook he he says we don't call it supernatural we don't want to scare people we call it extra normal we engage the public to call in any sightings so he sort of seems on the up and up but a kind of his own character as well. So meanwhile, when Spawn sees this, uh, these flyers, he's wondering what the heck's going on. The, the language they use in the flyers makes it seem like I'm some sort of vampire. And, that, and they're saying I killed a bunch of people. And Spawn is actually worried. He's like, did, did I do this when I, when I blacked out? Like, is this something the symbiote is doing without my knowledge? So he's a little uh, worried about it. Uh, and then uh, on the next couple of pages, we see some sort of two-bit crooks, drug dealers, what have you, counting their money in their apartment when that same creature, whether it's Spawn or somebody else, we're not exactly sure, attacks. And uh, there's a bunch of blood spilled and uh, people killed. And um, meanwhile, Spawn's back to dreaming. Symbiote is talking to him again. And He's just wondering, you know, what exactly is going on? Where am I? And when he comes to this time, he's in the middle of the street. He's surrounded by police and there's a, a dead body at his feet. So, yeah, it's not looking good for uh, for Spawn in, uh, in this case. So uh, let's go ahead and move on to issue number two. Uh, again, really cool cover by Tony McDaniel. You can see, well, actually, yep, there we go. Uh, you can see the spawn there, like fighting his own costume on the cover, which is sort of interesting. And of course, it's uh, the spikes and the chains and, and whatnot. And um, yeah, you just kind of wonder what's uh, what exactly is going on. So same creative team. Uh, we have Alan Moore on story, Tony Daniel and Kevin Conrad on art, letters by Tom Orzakowski. Colors by Todd Broker. So Spawn immediately tries to escape from these police that have him surrounded. It's kind of interesting. Like a, the voiceover is from like a news broadcast and they say something about 
a spawn being apprehended, but then escaping, like, um, do you not, that that's not a thing. Like apprehended means you were caught. <laughs> so he was never apprehended. Um, he escaped apprehended and, and <laughs> escaping are two different things. So, um, Meanwhile, we see John Sanskers going on again, trying to drum up more publicity. He's going on some talk shows. Talk show hosts asking him, is Spawn actually a vampire? And Sanskers says, I don't really want to use those kind of terms. Um, but he definitely seems to be a bit of a ham. He seems to be um, very much into the spotlight. And Sanskers, he goes, you know, I'm all about live and let live. And if it wasn't for the fact that this guy was hurting other people, uh, I wouldn't be looking to uh, to end its life. So at this point, Spawn thinks that he's actually killing these people. He has he thinks that it's this costume is taking him over and he's and he's killing people. So he's trying to figure out what he needs to do because he's he's worried. You know, he, he doesn't want to be somebody who's out there killing innocent people. And he thinks who he can go to for help. And he remembers one of his old CIA contacts named Jacob Gronfield. It's probably where the missing weapons that he was looking for ended up. So he decides to look him up uh, because he feels like he's somebody he can trust. Now, when he goes to Jacob's house, this is what's interesting. And, uh, you know, a different take from what Todd McFarlane has given us from Alan Moore here. He Spawn can't even convince Terry Fitzgerald and Wanda Blake that he's Al Simmons. And they, th those are people that have known Al pretty well and have had some dealings with Spawn. Spawn just shows up on the front doorstep of this Jacob guy, and he just just accepts it. Maybe because he's in the CIA, but Terry's in the CIA too. But it's so strange. He just, he literally, he just accepts it. It's like it's no big deal. Oh, you're a crazy supernatural demon-looking guy with a flowing cape and magical chains, and you tell me you're Al Simmons. Okay, I believe you. It seems a little strange. So meanwhile, at the TV studio where Sankster's just finished giving his interview, Sam and Trish show up. They say, hey, we got a, a tip. Somebody's called in a spawn sighting. And so Sankster goes up to the uh, roof, jumps on the helicopter and flies off to uh, to hunt down spawn. So meanwhile, Sam and Twitch seem to have their reservations about Sankster. They don't 100 percent trust him. So. Spawn is talking to Jacob. He's he's trying to get some advice. He says, I don't even know if I'm the one killing these people. I don't know if I can trust myself. I'm trying to figure out what to do when the helicopter shows up and Jacob says, please don't hurt me, Al. Um, you know, I, I felt forced into this. So it turns out it's this Jacob guy that turned Spawn in. So Al Simmons feels like once again, alone and betrayed nobody to help him. And we see Sankser jump in through the window, glass goes flying. So at that point, all of a sudden, Sankster goes from this police detective type helper guy to all of a sudden you, you realize there's something more to him than meets the eye. So uh, Spawn decides that uh, retreat or discretion rather is the better part of Valor. And he takes off with Sankster uh, giving chase. And once he confronts Spawn, they uh, have a bit of a battle and Spawn's actually getting his butt kicked before the uh, cape decides to take matters into its own hands and uh, sort of sw swaddles up or, or suffocates 
uh, sanks her, knocks him out, and uh, and Spawn runs off. And when the the police helicopter pilot's like, "Why don't you jump on? We'll follow him." Sanksur's like, "No, it's fine. Let him enjoy the last few." hours of nights because uh, when daybreak comes, it's going to be the last daybreak he's ever seen. So like I said, there's clearly more to Sangster than meets the eye with his ability to go toe to toe and kick the crap out of spawn. You know, he claims to be human and a monster hunter and a detective, but very much feels right from the start, like he's a monster in and of himself. So once again, Al feels alone. He feels betrayed. He decides to take matters into his own hands. If he can't find anybody to help him, He'll help himself. He does have one of his friends, one of his homeless buddies there with him. And he he strips off the costume and chains it up into a footlocker, throws it into the bay, and then gets his buddy to give him a trench coat. Because as soon as he removes the symbiote, remember, that symbiote provides him with a lot of energy and sustenance and power and warmth. He feels really cold. He feels weak. He feels tired. So he gets a trench coat to uh, travel back to his alley where he can sit on his throne and get some rest. When he does show up there, he tells the rest of the guys, Hey, keep an eye out. Um, I, obviously I got rid of my costume. It was causing some problems. Just, uh, you know, keep me safe while I sleep. And they're, they're all acting sort of strange. They're not acting um, like they usually do. And it's, it's, it's not, they're kind of one word answers. It just seems like there's something off, but Al is so tired and worn down that he doesn't really notice. And what happens is he falls asleep and immediately dreams of uh, the symbiote. He dreams of it falling down and drowning. And he's thinking about why he's having these dreams and not realizing that even though he separated himself from the symbiote at the moment that they, uh, that they combined, that they were placed together, there's a part of each of them in each other. So in a way, uh, the reason Al is so tired and so cold and so devoid of energy is because he's feeling what the symbiote is feeling as it's trapped at the bottom of this murky uh, bay in New York city. So uh, interrupting this dream is a bunch of the, uh, the homeless guys that were acting so weird uh, just a few pages ago. And when Al wakes up and wonders what's wrong, uh, these guys have bought into this propaganda that John Sanksier has been uh, espousing, and they think Spawn's a vampire, so they staked him with uh, a wooden stake, and they're wondering why he hasn't turned to dust. <laughs> so pretty brutal, uh, pretty brutal way to deal with Spawn. So that's the way issue two ends. Let's go ahead and move on to issue three. Again, a really cool cover from Tony Daniel, this time with the uh, wooden spike right through him. No no costume. Uh, credits, once again, same creative team. Alan Moore, Tony Daniel, Kevin Carter, and Art. Letters by Tom Orzakowski. Colors by uh, Todd Broker. And we pick up right where the last issue left off. Uh, Spawn has been spiked. They pour gas on him. They light him on fire. He's asking him why they're doing it. They say, you know, we're just trying to protect ourselves. We've heard that you're a monster. Um and uh, once Spawn is on fire, he kind of freaks out and these guys go scattering. Um, Spawn runs for the docks where he left the, the symbiote. And you wonder for a moment if he's about to uh, bind with it again. But really, he just needs to jump into the water um, just to put out the flames. And the, the homeless guys are watching him and they're like, wait, we thought that uh, vampires avoided bodies of water. 
So they're already having doubts right from the start that Spawn may not be a, a vampire after all. Um, we do take a quick peek in at the symbiote who is still uh, kind of suffering, but is still trapped. And uh, Spawn ends up surfacing and seeing some sewage pipes where he can hide out since he can't even hide out in his alley anymore where he used to feel safe. He's feeling very persecuted, very alone, very unwanted. And lo and behold, who's in the sewer pipe waiting for him? But uh, the clown. So definitely not a great day to be Spawn. So Meanwhile, Sam and Twitch are talking about how much it sucks, this whole vampire business. They don't think Spawn's a vampire, um, but they're playing second fiddle to this John Sanks here guy, and they're not big fans of his methods. Meanwhile, back in the sewer pipes, the violator's saying, hey, I've been labeling extreme hazard too, so I'm just looking for a place to, to hide out. Maybe we can help each other. And Spawn's like, well, you know, why would you help me? And the violator basically says, well, because I don't want anybody to beat you but me. So that makes a lot of sense. It is consistent with the violator's um, personality. He does remove the stake, the wooden stake from Spawn, which causes Spawn no, no great uh, deal of pain. And uh, the violator's like, you should get out. I'm getting out of town. You should get out of town as well until this all blows over. And he decides he's going to head to Washington, D.C., and he brushes his hair, says, hey, don't I look like Danny DeVito? And then puts on a suit, goes wandering off to DC. He's like, if there's any place that's safe, um, but still has plenty of bloodsuckers, it's uh, it's Washington, DC. So he heads off while uh, Spawn is still trying to figure out what exactly is going on. And Sam and Twitch are trying to do the same. You know, Twitch is especially suspicious of this uh, John Sanks here, and when he goes into the office he's been given, starts going through some files, he sees uh, files and um, and evidence and what have you dating back like 200 years. And so once he realizes that, uh, he realizes there must be a lot more to John Sanks here than possible, uh, or more than meets the eye, he seems to be over 200 years old. Uh, but unfortunately, Sanks here is there dripping blood and finds Twitch in his office going through his private papers. So not a good place to be if you're Twitch. Um, meanwhile, Spawn is trying to uh, find a way to get back to the alley where he can rest. He hotwires a car because uh, he's too weak to even walk. But once again, the uh, all the spotters throughout the city that Sanxer has deployed are able to spot him. And so uh, when Sam goes to tell Sanxir that they've captured Spawn or, or they've located him, they've had a sighting, Sanxir once again jumps in the helicopter. Uh, Twitch notices some blood on the ground leading to a locker. And when he opens it up, there's Twitch, um, much to Sam's terror, all bent and broken and folded in half and definitely not in a good position. So. Once again, Sanks here proving he's more monster than man. And you, you just wonder, I mean, are you even trying to keep uh, anything secret at this point? Because uh, he has the helicopter pilot just fly down right, real low over the car, jumps out of the helicopter to the helicopter pilot surprise, and then rips the roof off the car and attacks Spawn. So, I mean... Anybody looking at this can't possibly believe this guy's anything remotely human. 
you know, he very much is what he proclaims to be hunting, which is uh, a monster. So uh, unfortunately, Spawn doesn't have the benefit of the symbiote this time to help him. So he's really getting his butt kicked by uh, by John Sanks here. And eventually what happens is um, Spawn was, you know, headed back toward the dock, maybe thinking about uh, reuniting with the symbiote. Well, Sanksir basically makes sure that Spawn gets exactly what he wants as far as heading toward the dock. And he's trapped in the car that he stole. And Sanksir lets it run off the end of the, the pier or the dock into the water. And uh, Spawn may very well drown. So that's the cliffhanger for the third issue. Uh, fourth issue, again, fantastic cover. Uh, this time Spawn wrapped up in a snake tail. Um, you might be wondering what the heck's going on with that. Well, we'll get there. Uh, but the creative team, let me give it real quick. Once again, Alan Moore on story, Daniel and Conrad on art. Tom Zukowski does the letters, Todd Broker on colors. And we do see Spawn sinking down in the car, um, having, you know, bits of flashback, thinking about the symbiote. Uh, and able to crawl over and uh, and make contact with the symbiote, uh, able to uh, reach the chest uh, where the symbiote is um, is trapped. And meanwhile, Sanksir's on the dock, sort of gloating when uh, Sam Burke shows up after evidence, uh, un- irrefutable evidence showing that Sanksir is the one that attacked. Uh, Twitch and folded him up and stuck him in the locker. And so Twitch is saying, don't move, turn around slow. And Sanksir is like, okay, you know, my, my cover's blown. Uh, we learned that he's really, he's really a vampire. Uh, he's able to go out in sunlight because he uses sunblock. He's got all kinds of plans to sort of rule the world. He's happy to go into hiding for the next 70, 80 years, what have you just needs to do a little bit of cleanup on the mess that he has now. And then uh, he'll, he'll be able to go into hiding and resurface somewhere else, or maybe even blame all this on spawn and, and go into hiding. You just wonder like how, how, if this is the way this guy acts all wild animal, like that somebody hasn't figured him out sooner. It's very surprising. So Meanwhile, Spawn continues to uh, search for the chest where his symbiote is uh, is trapped. He finally locates it, opens it up, and yeah, we get a chance to see a fantastic double-page spread. Uh, well, first, there's uh, more scenes of Sanksir and the, the cops fighting with Sanksir clearly being super powered and faster reflexes. And I mean, he kicks his leg right through one guy at one point. So pretty brutal all in all. Um, but we saw spawn finally reach the, um, the foot locker that had his uh, symbiote costume in it. When he opens up it floats there in front of him, they're sort of communicating and uh, we get a, a great looking splash page from uh from tony daniel with spawn leaping out of the water and now that spawn and his symbiote are back together he's going to be a much more formidable opponent for uh sanksir and sanksir doesn't think so and and that also in a way really helps to allow spawn to uh, be more than a match for sanksir because he's he's underestimating him so we finally see Sanks sanksir change into his uh, pure vampire form where he's much whiter 
uh, and looks more demonic. And eventually the sun starts coming up and uh, Spawn expects Sanks here to sort of disintegrate, but he doesn't. And he says, hey, I'm, I'm a powerful enough vampire that I can hang around directly in the sun at high noon. That's certainly not going to stop me. But he does decide to transform one of the other powers that a uh, vampire has. And he transforms into a partial snake creature and basically says that he knows his cover is blown at this point And it's not really worth hanging around because he rather would just um, lay low and resurface at a later time and try to take over the vampires of the world and, and the world itself in turn at that point. So, um, meanwhile, Sam is trying to talk to Spawn to figure out what the heck's going on. Spawn just wants to be left alone. He dives off the end of the pier as Sam's yelling, no! And that's how the issue ends. So, um, there's a couple of things that I had a little bit of trouble with. I understood the gist of why Spawn would think that the costume was taking over because he was having these sort of blackout periods and the costume was trying to talk to him and it was having a little bit of a mind of its own, but I don't, I didn't, what I didn't understand was if Sankster was a vampire, why were none of the victims ever drained of blood? That was a thing that Twitch kept saying. Uh, it's not Spawn because they're not drained of blood. And we know Spawn hasn't drained anything of blood. Vampires drink blood. So what exactly is going on there? And then even the victims that Sanksir killed, there was blood everywhere, but they weren't drained of blood. But Sanksir was getting blood from the um, from the blood bank. So why were you bothering to kill these innocent people, Sanksir, if you are going to get blood from the blood bank. Now we're told that he gets blood from the blood bank because he's worried about HIV, which is still, you know, a big thing in the mid nineties. And that, so that's fine. But if you're doing that, then why are you still killing random people on the street? I don't know. That, that part didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Um, but I don't know. It is, it is what it is, I guess. Um, the other part of it was at the end of that first issue where spawn like came to and he, his cloak was even wrapped around the neck of a lady and with the cops surrounding him. So, you know, if you show me that scene, of course, I'm going to think that um, that the the costume is responsible, just like Spawn did. You can't blame me for for thinking that. So how did Sankster set that up? That that didn't make a whole lot of sense either. But all in all, it's an interesting story. It shows how important the symbiote uh host relationship is for Letha and uh, and Spawn. And the other main takeaway from this series is the fact that Twitch got all folded up because when you, you go and look at the uh, Spawn reading order, the book that comes out right after this is, uh, is issue number 33. And that issue starts off with... Uh, Twitch being in the hospital and like a full body cast and it's where we see his wife for the first time and whatnot. And so now we know why that happened. I, I, I thought it was, had something to do with a fight between Twitch and spawn or a building collapsed on him or something. I, I had no idea it was some crazy vampire that folded him up and s stuck him in the file cabinet in his room uh, or his office. That was sort of crazy. So uh, the Tony Daniel art is, um, 
is very consistent throughout. It's not my favorite Tony Daniel work. I think the work he's doing now is much, much better. This is early in his career though. So he, he definitely improves. Uh, this is before a lot of the issues in the mid to late forties that he does. Um, about a year later, even even those issues have a great improvement over the storytelling and the the rendering here. So, I'm not saying the art's terrible, uh, it's it's not bad, and it definitely feels kinetic and big and bombastic. But uh, Tony, well, I think, would be the first one to say that there's a lot of room for improvement in this art. So, and he does get there eventually. He gets there on Spawn. He gets there on a ton of other fantastic books like uh, Noctera as well. So, anyway, that's going to do it for this episode, everybody. I hope you enjoyed it as always, and we will talk to you next time. You can find the Comic Source Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or whichever podcasting app you prefer. Please tell all your friends about us, subscribe, and rate us. The ratings really help with our visibility and our ability to reach new listeners, especially five-star reviews on Apple. Also be sure to visit us at lrmonline.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover all our other great pop culture content. If you want to email us, the email address is thecomicsourceblog at gmail.com, or you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash thecomicsource. Do a search for The Comic Source on Facebook and Instagram to follow us on those social platforms. All three spots are great places to find out when we release new episodes as well as follow all our convention coverage. So once again, we want to thank everyone for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.